there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how you doing today? I'm doing really well. I think this is kind of a big week in Apex. I've been looking forward to it, and we have a lot to dive into. A lot to dive into. Today we're going to be discussing Apex news, some leaks, and really for a lot of this episode going over the War Games event. Before we do any of that, though, Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch. We're streaming Thursdays and Saturdays. Check us out at Third Party Pod. Face cam stream and our full schedules there. It's a really fun time. We're going to be playing war games Thursday and Saturday. Uh, whereas this Saturday, we're going to be going to a Saturday morning stream to try and give our UK audience, the East Coast, a bit more approachable of a time. But you guys have absolutely smashed the Twitch. It has been up fantastic time over there twitch is going strong it's been really fun um and we have more upgrades this week so the the stream setup is continuing to improve totally if you'd like to help continue the third party podcast in the community we've grown please consider supporting us on patreon the support recently has just been insane with your pledge you can receive bonus episodes exclusive behind the scenes content replica weapons and much much more your support means a lot to us and we look forward to chatting and playing with our awesome Patrons, before we do any of that, though, let's dive into some review. First review today coming from Joe Whammy. This podcast has been amazing. I went from zero wins in season seven to 14 wins in season eight just by listening to the podcast and practicing. I would highly suggest this podcast to anyone who is getting into Apex or wants to get better. Awesome. I'm glad that we're appealing uh, to a wide range of people. I think that is the goal, but to see some win increases also is always a, a nice dub, probably beacon related. Probably mm. beacon related. I love that. And I also love to hear that we're getting new players. Totally. Like, this mm-hmm. podcast isn't just exclusively for, you know, the grinders that have been day one, but we're also experiencing growth for new players coming to the game, which is awesome. That's been a goal of ours since the mm-hmm. beginning. We want to be approachable to all audiences and provide information to everyone. Uh, last five star review coming from Elliot Puchop. I've been listening to this pod since November last year and I'm addicted to it now. Also, you guys should do a podcast with the gaming merchant. Thanks so much for the review. Um, we've had chats with the gaming merchant in the past. Um, he is very, very busy. Scheduling's tough with some of those people for sure. Yeah, so we're working on it. I think Shay and I both love his content. Um, he's a full time content creator Mm -hmm. he's got a lot on his plate but it'd be awesome to to sit down with him little update before we dive into the news uh if you've been wondering why maybe we sound a little different this time around hopefully for the better but we have new mics we've been able to upgrade the mic setup and it's a drastic difference for us from a usability standpoint and hopefully from an editing standpoint and in the end a sound standpoint Uh, but all thanks to our patrons who smashed goals and made this all possible. I uh, just want to throw the caveat out there, though, that bear with us as we learn how to use these new mics and learn how to edit with them. Uh, it's not going to be, I think, an instant flip as much as we hope it is. Uh, there might be some errors here and there. We're just going to try and dial in and figure out our sound. The good thing about these mics is there's a lot more we can do with them, and we can sound how we want to sound. We just get to figure out how we want to do that, I guess, over the next sure. week or so. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely appreciate everyone's patience. Um, it's going to be 
hopefully improved quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just want to say another huge thank you to all the patrons. This upgrade was a massive expense that Shay and I could not have done without you. So thank you so much. And just continuing to grow the show has been really awesome with this community. Let's now announce the winners of the redesign giveaway. Uh, thank you for sponsoring that those last couple of shows. And this has been a fantastic giveaway. Who are the winners? So for the third party and redesign hat, we have the winner, Dan. For the one month master Patreon three awards, we have Zach, Carl, and Lomd. Um, please reach out to myself, Henry, on Discord or message us on Instagram to redeem your prize. Um, we also have emails for these because that was the only uh, information that was collected for the giveaway. And so if you just want a reference, if it's your email in the description, uh, you'll be good to go. And uh, we'll get you those rewards as soon as you message us. Congratulations. And with that, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, Apex Legends Twitch viewership has increased 20% in March with 55 million hours watched. Uh, I just want to say that this is obviously a direct correlation between the third-party podcast switching from YouTube to Twitch this month. Uh, next piece of news. <laughs> I mean, our viewership has increased, so I'll take it. Um, yeah, amazing stuff. Um, we recently did an episode kind of about how and why this season has broken so many records. And I think I just want to make it clear that Shay and I are shocked that this is really the breakout season. Um, and so if anybody missed that episode or was maybe confused about kind of what's going on this mm-hmm. season, I think it might be worth listening again just because there are some, we did our research mm-hmm. and we think there are some major points as to why we're seeing all this growth despite maybe personal opinions about the game or content related things. Um, the numbers don't lie. Totally. Next piece of news, there was the release on Twitter of the Watson and Caustic story. Uh, This is really a major turning point in both Legends characters' development. Watson sees so much of her father in the older scientist, Caustic, and wants to relieve his suffering, essentially. Uh, We also got insight to what Caustic's full plan with the Caustic treatment was, uh, which is pretty intense, deploying toxic gas on Sola City for testing. What'd you think about maybe hearing that grand plan? Well, I mean... You could say that's worse than Maggie. I don't know. <laughs> like You could make a great argument, yeah. That's a pretty significant terrorist plot. Thousands and thousands of lives, but I guess everything gets resolved. He doesn't do it. Yeah, he doesn't do it in the but end. he's crazy. Uh, Watson stops him, and they become closer, but Caustic is still in that like slow-to-change state, a little grumpy. Uh, I know you want to talk a little bit about the in-game teaser and its relation to this comic because it's the first time we've seen a crossover and relationship between the two. Yeah, really, really cool. So we've had town takeovers in the past um, have like voice lines embedded or mm-hmm. you activate this and you get an extra piece of lore. For caustic treatment, it's kind of hidden on the backside. You have to climb up and then only Watson or caustic can get access to this room where then you can go to a pretty larger room inside and activate a panel and listen to a video clip. It's really, really cool. And I just love to see that we are getting layers and layers and repetition of the same story um, through a lot of different outlets. It's not all siloed on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to see the in-game content. And I think this is a great direction. 
Shay and I are still kind of pulling for the idea of having a lore repository in the in-game menu. Totally. Be really awesome, and I, I just love to see this stuff. And then last but not least from this kind of tweet, we got the insight that the Syndicate has huge plans for Maggie once she's captured some kind of major punishment. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that story continues to unfold. Obviously, she's shown up here this week with War Games. Going to be a really interesting one to follow. It's probably the most impactful story we've actually had on gameplay itself in a long time. Because we loved like Horizon coming into the game and her story. But Fuse and introducing Maggie. Maggie's now been the announcer for the games twice. And yeah. it's impacting other characters' stories that they're presenting. There's a lot that's going into that going to be crazy to see how what unfolds and maybe if the next legend has any relationship to that as well next piece of news john larson associate live balance developer went on a live stream and shared some interesting information we really pulled a lot of stuff from this interview kind of going to go by it one by one share our thoughts rather than rapid fire all of them the first of which being the big hot topic on social media for this last couple of days uh, proposed lifeline nerf, removing the res shield, increasing the tactical healing speed by 60%, and buffing the care package to give guaranteed upgrades. What were your first impressions upon hearing this proposed change to lifeline that looks like it's coming in Season 9? Yeah, I I think this was pretty aggressive on lifeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, the complete, you know, remove of any reviving skill or ability for her, um, I think is quite a big change to a combat medic. Um, It had seemed like for the last year since Lifeline has had this unique ability that the community and major streamers were calling for some sort of cooldown or hit point limit on the shield itself. Um, We didn't get either of those at least proposed and they're just going to do away with it entirely. So I was very shocked Um, and in asking John a little bit more about um, why this is, he kind of agreed with us in our camp that Lifeline should be able to be a great healer and this is a great ability, we should protect it, but he alluded to the fact that the numbers are clear and that this is an oppressive ability. So I'm excited to dive in more with that and learn more about the numbers, but my initial reaction was I was shocked. Yeah, it was a crazy one off the start, and I think the first impressions were we kind of ended on the idea that Lifeline's still going to have faster res, just with no shield. But we look at the change, this proposed change, and we're like, okay, well, Gibraltar now probably surpasses Lifeline again as the combat medic. Like, getting a revive off in fight with that bubble is going to be more effective. And then we were like, okay, well, now you are buffing the care package pretty significantly, I think, theoretically. And that is being where a lot of the power comes from. But is the loot gonna be better than loba and as a looter probably not per se and so now lifeline's gonna be stuck in an even tougher spot that she kind of was in before her last change to the auto res and so gonna be really interesting to see what the exact specifications of this are and how it plays out in the next season honestly yeah and what i find interesting about this idea of the care package having guaranteed upgrades is that that doesn't necessarily mean to me that it's going to be gear-related. You always get purple knocks, purple yeah. bags, mm-hmm. and purple helmets and shields. So I see it as more weapon-specific. Mm-hmm. And that seems very hard to me. Um, yeah. You know, if I have a G7 and a Devotion, 
and I get a purple light mag instead of a turbocharger, like that's not huge. And what if I'm fully kitted, but my teammate really needs that turbocharger or some sort of extended mag? Like it, it seems kind of clunky to me and doesn't seem just like cut and dry, you know, smooth power. It's a hard ability to balance. And I think that we're going to run into that if this change does come true. Totally. The next thing was we could potentially be seeing the removal of assist from Bloodhound scans to see if it would move the needle on their number one pick rate. And the idea that Bloodhounds pick up really easy KP and ranked right now. So going to be interesting to see maybe how that is implemented into the game. If it is, it, it was probably the least sure thing of all the stuff he kind of mentioned on this interview and on Reddit. Uh, do you think that that would actually change Blood's pick rate though at all? Yeah, I, we have a lot to get to, mm-hmm. but I do want to speak to this as well and that I don't know if it would move the needle, but I do find it interesting to pick and choose kind of where we award assists yeah. and that I don't think there is another ability that is more worthy of earning you an assist. Like if I have wall hacks for mm-hmm. a duration mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, helping to secure that kill, as a bloodhound, that's 100% an assist. Even if you don't fire your weapon, you couldn't help more than that. Um, so I find it interesting. And then to expand on the topic, like should a Gibraltar get an assist if, you know, a dome shield is deployed and you're in a bubble fight, mm-hmm. like, and somebody's inside the bubble for a duration, some sort of like around the kill, probably mm-hmm. like that would be equivalent. That would probably be fair. But where do you draw the line in that? You know, does Wraith get an assist somehow if she phases through an enemy? Probably not. So I think this will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. We really like Bloodhound, so we might be a bit sensitive. But I think this, if it's removed, would definitely be an indicator about the future and could raise you a more debate. But I'm not sure if it would move the needle. I think I'd still play blood, to be I, honest. I think I would still play blood, but if this was how you wanted to nerf a pick rate, I'm cool with this being the solution rather oh, than yeah. an actual hit to the power if it was to do something. I think it'd be, it's kind of hard. I think they just have to do it to find out. I don't think there's going to be like a theoretical or a test you can do with this one. It'll either happen or it won't. So that'll yeah. be interesting. Next thing, Revenant balancing. John said, we're working on Rev stuff. Don't think the community reception would be very positive if we straight up buffed him without addressing some frustrations surrounding his ult, but I like the idea of a greatly increased climb. And where this kind of comes from is the concept that Revenant is frustrating to most players, gets a lot of hate on social media, but statistically is not a good legend. Low win rate, low pick rate, which is tough because he is, you know, very much uh, in the news in a negative fashion. And I think what John's trying to get to is, based off the data, we need to buff him. If we just buffed him, though, that would drive everyone crazy. So we need to figure out how to decrease the frustration of the ult and then buff him in a way. And so we dove into this on a recent Patreon episode. Totally worth the listen if you have the ability. Uh, Do you have anything else maybe you want to throw in, though? We think it's hilarious that they believe this uh, increased climb is going to significantly influence pick rate or win rate. It makes zero sense to me why that would be like some sort of 
buff that would be significant enough to affect the legend. I think there's some miscommunication between John and Daniel here because Daniel has on Reddit said yeah. that the increased max climb would do nothing for the legend. Yeah. So I think the takeaway here, Revenant's confusing. They're not close. Don't hold out your breath for anything yeah. in the near future on Rev, honestly. That's the truth. Next piece from John. Spitfire leads in percentage of knocks, which means people are dying to it more than any other weapon. John also mentions that it does not mean they can objectively say that it is OP based on these stats, just that it is a very popular weapon. I know you have some interesting thoughts on this one a little bit. Passion, because we don't get a lot of weapon statistics, so this is kind of fun. We are going to be following up on this uh, to get even more information, but I look at this and I say, huh, well, if the majority of knocks are being scored by a Spitfire, then that either means one of two things. One, the Spitfire appeals to less skilled players, and less skilled players are getting a massive like increase in knocks mm-hmm. with the Spitfire this season. Or the Spitfire appeals to all, if like maybe all skill levels, and is widely being used for some reason. And that reason is likely that it's a very powerful weapon. So, I think this is kind of an interesting comment from John. Um, I do think the Spitfire is in such an interesting place. If you look at the numbers, you know, the reload is quite significant. Um, the time to kill is below mm-hmm. uh, that of all the ARs and SMGs. But in a game like Apex where, you know, that reload is really big and the Spitfire can just nonstop shoot, it feels like, in yeah. game and you can miss so much more shots and still secure the knock. And so in that context and in maybe Apex entirely, time to kill is less significant. And I would look at this percentage of knocks being majority Spitfire as a major indicator that the weapon could be overcranked. Whether or not we're okay with that is definitely up to the developers. Um, you know, I think Shay and I agree for the most part that it's okay for there to be a best and a worst. Like there always is. Mm-hmm. But if something is like out of proportion, like the Spitfire may be, it probably needs to be reined in. So We're going to dive deeper into this and try to get more information, but that was my two cents. Yeah, we tentatively have uh, John scheduled to come on the show, uh, so really excited to kind of talk and further clarify maybe some of these comments and things we're a bit more curious about as well. Next thing, update on Caustic. So from the big change that everyone just so much drama around since then, pick rate has gone down a decent amount and the win went down, but not as much as people would expect was the phrasing used. Kind of suffice to say that caustic was not before and is not now meant to be used as a damage dealer, but more of an area of control legend. And he is still effective at doing so. Uh, I've talked to a couple of people that are big caustic mains, and they just like that there's less caustics being played now. And they yeah. find that to be a buff in of itself. And that's kind of the interesting thing with is. him. Yeah. You're always going to have this okay, well, if less people play him, that still makes him better in the same way. Very tough legend to balance, I think. Extremely, and very much unique in that sense. Um, I don't know. I I think this is a nice update to have on Caustic, but I am in the camp that I think it's kind of a shame that we had a middle to low legend and pick rate get a significant nerf. Um, I think that's a shame, but I guess the numbers don't lie, and the win rate on the 
20 minute or longer games uh, was pretty out of control. So mm-hmm. I guess this is a win. It doesn't seem like it was drastic, which I see as a win. Yeah. Um, so something was done, had an impact, but for the most part, caustics are okay, is what I'm getting. Totally. And then last thing coming from John, when asked about locked and loaded being permanent, John responded by saying they learned a lot from the mode, but that looting is an integral part of the BR. Cleaning up the loot pool is something the team thinks about, though. Going to be interesting to see really what that turns into. Cleaning up the loot pool can mean a lot of things. Uh, We don't need to go too deep into this because we just theorized all to heck and broke this 100% down to the T on our most recent Patreon episode. So if you're super passionate about the loot pool, that's worth checking out. Yeah, we we felt like we had to dedicate an episode to it, but maybe talking for almost an hour about loot was too boring for the general public, so the patrons got to hear a little. Yeah, they it. did. It's a really interesting topic, and it's also coming from Shay and I, who like the loot pool. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of about like, well, what would be the impact of changing even one thing? And spoiler alert, it's a huge ripple effect, and you wouldn't even believe how far down the road things change if you change an item in the loot pool yeah next we have the proposed octane nerf that's been floating around social media to be potentially confirmed for season nine uh, the proposed change to octane involves an increase in stim damage from 12 to 20 but a reduction of the cooldown to one second i remember you reading this for the first time and being like i thought the cooldown was already one second yeah th- but it was three to four uh-huh. is the range that daniel gave at least Yeah, there is a substantial break in between the stims you can do, and it's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that Shay and I kind of think that Octane isn't the fastest legend, because Bloodhound can outpace them, Loba, Pathfinder can all outpace, you know, the Octrain, and that's disappointing. So this nerf could actually make Octane faster, and I'm very curious to see what this damage from stim really impacts in-game. I feel like I need to get my hands on it to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the calculator can tell me a lot on this one, <laughs> but the first thing I see is it's going to make Octane faster in the long distance chaining of stems, yeah. which I think is good. He is going to have to pay for it though. Yeah, there's going to be a price to pay for sure. Going to be interesting to see how this shakes out from a statistical standpoint. And then last, before we dive into war games, Loba changes have been further confirmed for season nine. Uh, Via Twitch, the lead game designer Daniel Klein stated that there were going to be a lot of bug fixes, quality of life changes, uh, but now we also have learned that there's going to be a light nerf to her ult that could range a lot of things. Light nerf, maybe just cooldown time would be like my first guess or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. Uh, but interesting that Loba, maybe not the highest pick rate or win rate legend, might be getting hit with a little bit of a nerf here. Yeah, I, I mean, it was unfortunate here from Daniel that they have a lot of bug fixes coming out, but he was not 100% confident it was going to solve uh, the errors or the denials on uh, the Loba bracelet. Um, and so that's a little bit disappointing, but, you know, again, we know they're aware of it. And this is obviously a complex issue. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all professionals working at Respawn. They're on it. They're working on it almost every season. Seems like we get another you know, patch note saying, yeah, we did something. We we tried. Um, And so we just have to take that for now. I was very shocked by this light nerf to the old idea just because of where she sits in the stats. Um, But if that's what they got to do in order to sleep at night, I get it. You know, it is a very powerful ability. And even though maybe she's not the most popular legend, maybe she doesn't have the highest uh, win rate, um, maybe doing something to tweak it can make the designers feel better. 
but I wouldn't worry that it's going to be like less items from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not going to be drastic. I think it's just going to be a tweak that you may not even notice. You may not even notice it. My thought was they're going to do this as a symbolic way to give Lifeline some love because you're putting her back in the looter category even yeah. more by putting more of an emphasis on the care package, which means she's going to directly compete with Loba uh, in a tough spot to compete in. So this might be just a some little gesture to say, yeah, hey, we want Lifeline to be a looter on the a similar tier to Loba. So I think that's a really good perspective to take into it. Now let's dive into War Games, the big event. Uh, and then just a disclaimer, because we got hit by it hard on accident in the past last time. Uh, but these events, they can change last minute or even be altered during the event. Uh, the events and times could be altered throughout the next two weeks. So what we discussed may not really reflect the in-game schedule. Uh, here's to hoping, though, that it goes smoothly. Uh, and that is not the case. I would lean towards that hopefully being the case. But uh, we've had an interesting first day, at least, to to say the least. So we'll see. That's for sure. Um and so we're also just going to be kind of speculating on how these events will play. And it, it's possible that events could be canceled mm-hmm. or we could be totally wrong. You know, getting my hands finally onto this first mode, um, I learned a lot. So this is just kind of speculation at the time of recording. We have not played through the whole event, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be nice. Um, <laughs> be nice. The biggest thing that I'm taking away uh, before even talking about the different modes, but about the event entirely is that. I think it's very different from most events. Um, different from others, uh, worry. it looks like we're getting modes that are maybe less fun and wild and crazy and more practical kind of play-testing questions, which I think is interesting, yeah. at least. It's a lot less of the chaotic, hey, here's a, here's a limited-time mode that is meant to really just be a fun switch up mix up kind of thing these are like features you see in other games rumored on social media requested by people as things to be added into the game yeah it's not very like different locked and loaded mm-hmm. like locked and loaded is not gonna necessarily happen or what i'm thinking of armed and dangerous you're thinking armed and dangerous it's yeah not, we're not mm-hmm. gonna get rid of all the ars in the game that'd be kind of a fun yeah. crazy mode not everybody's going to be a like dummy. That. Like Yeah, like these are much more leaning on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like, huh, these are more realistic. And we're by no means saying, oh, the game's going to change drastically. Um, but a very different vibe, I think, from this event based on the modes. Yeah, no doubt. Let's dive into each mode, give our quick thoughts after we kind of talk about what it is. Starting with Second Chance. Each legend is going to be granted one free respawn per match. Once a legend is killed, the respawn token is consumed as they rise again from their current location, retaining all their weapons and gear. After a short duration, the player respawns high in the air to skydive back into the action. Uh, Important to note, you can't get any badges during this mode because it is a pretty high damage, high kill fest in there. Uh, And this is going to be a two-day mode. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, speaking just about the gameplay, um, there is a massive new layer of strategy mm-hmm, on top. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the mode, I thought that um, if you knock down an enemy and you knock down a full squad, that they'd all be a limb. Um, so if you mm-hmm. did everything fast and you didn't finish, you'd be good. That's not the case. Even if you finish and eliminate the entire squad, if they still have their respawn tokens, they're coming back with all their stuff. So 
a lot of strategy about when you finish, when you mm-hmm. alum, how you isolate. And then they have quite an advantage in that they are fully healed, they have all their stuff, and they can redeploy to high ground and have the advantage. So you really got to be smart, I think, in this mode. Totally. Any Call of Duty fans will kind of feel similar, feel to the gulag in this one, just skydiving back in. You just don't have your stuff in Call of Duty, obviously. And this one you do alters everything. People reposition on high ground in front of you. Uh, very frustrating. I always have been saying, at least since starting, that you got to win the first fight because it essentially turns into a trade fest for a lot of people. And an isolated three on three, whoever wins that first three on three, they're going to survive. The next person's going to, the team's going to come fly back in. They might win that second engagement, but then you get your respawn tokens and you fly back in and that team will be done for good. So winning their first engagement, very important, but really you just want to stay alive because you would love to be able to save those uh, tokens for the end zone. Uh, The great thing that we were kind of surprised by, the UI, it got absolutely altered. Uh, The green death box kind of showing that you can't open the loot and people are going to come flying back in. uh, was really cool, something we were not honestly expecting. Yeah, I thought it was a really fast learning curve for such a short mode. very quickly, I kind of was able to get my bearings and I've been enjoying it a lot. Next, let's talk Ultra Zones. Ultra Zones introduced the concept of multiple hot zones within a single map. Each hot zone is enveloped in a flashpoint, which is a returning feature from Season 6 LTM. Uh, for those who don't know, though, flashpoints are enormous glowing bubbles that replenish your HP and shields when you stand in them. In this mode, consumable items are still available as normal throughout the loot pool. If you want to see how to play this mode, Obviously, it comes stop by the third-party pod Twitch stream because we're going to actually be streaming this mode for both streams this week just because of how the dates line up. Uh, so we'll give you all the tips we can and we'll experience success and failure together as a community. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool idea, these flashpoints and the idea of having a bunch of hot zones and they're going to be flashpoints just means it's going to be chaos old weapons Mm -hmm, everywhere mm -hmm. like seriously fast-paced um and so it'll be definitely thrilling lots of fun certainly a lot of uh maybe dropping and dying on stream but we'll be going (laughs) for the dubs we go for the dubs only we'll see how it uh pans out next we have auto banners your squad mates banner cards are automatically retrieved so you got no need to loot the death box to retrieve their banner cards you can just head straight to a respawn beacon Additionally, the loot pool has been altered to contain more mobile respawn beacons. Kind of a fun mode. Uh, I'm not really sure what to expect. I could see it going either way, being like crazy hectic, or it could be public playlist apex and people might just quit after dying the first time still. So interesting back and forth. This is a very weird mode, though. Yeah, I think, yeah, you mentioned one of them, but two of the things to kind of look out for are are people disconnecting? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're playing with randoms, hopefully you're not. Um, check out the Discord. Nobody that listens to our podcast up. disconnects, right? No, definitely not. But the second thing that I'll be trying to track is how does the match duration change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be extended? Could it be shortened? I don't really know. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to keep a pulse on that and see what might happen. Speaking of shortening the match, the next event is Killing Time. This event speeds up the match. So as legends fall uh, during a round, whenever a legend dies, the round time's reduced. Honestly, very vague still. Like, no idea what that really means from a time per kill standpoint. 
I'm really excited to play this one. I think this one could be really fascinating to play. I think the game mode itself could just feel really fun for a couple of days. Incredibly fast paced. Might get some of that solos vibe of just like it's constantly happening. But at the same time, it's still going to be a bit more strategy involved than with the heat shields now and whatever map you're on playing the balloons because you might be looting one second. Next second, the zone might be on you when you weren't expecting it to. Yeah. Could be crazy to say the least. Yeah. I think that it'll be really fun to try out. I wish that this mode was longer just because I want yeah. more time to feel it. But uh, essentially, I think what we're going to experience is a smoothing of the action. That there's going to be mm-hmm. less lull and more, you know, pushing teams together mm-hmm. quicker in terms of kind of how that's tweaked with the times, certainly up in the air. But I think it's a major trade off to say, the ring is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You cannot be taking fights on edge of ring because yeah. you don't know if you're going to get swallowed up at any time. So yeah. it, I think it's quite risky on that end, but very, very interesting in terms of how this could smooth out the game. And that, not that it's bad right now, a lot of people, including myself, would say the lulls and the journey of going <laughs> from POI to POI is part of the fun. So. I'm really, really excited for this mode, and it's going to be cool to try out. Last but not least, Armor Regen will be the last mode. Armor regenerates over time at a rate of 12 points per second whenever you take damage. Your armor will begin regenerating after an 8 second delay. The delay is doubled to 16 seconds if your armor gets cracked. Another thing for this mode, there are no shield cells in the loot pool. Henry and I have been talking off you know off stream and off uh, podcast a lot about this one just that it's going to be really interesting very much a throwback to just shooters that i think everybody's grown up with with the auto regen feature uh but the crack doubling the delay is such an interesting element added in here gonna be really cool to see what the impact of this one is how it plays fights in fight like if it can at all uh, but obviously stick with the third party if you got eight bats you don't gotta worry about any of this yeah, I think I'll still be pulling up with the bats uh, mm-hmm. for this one, but I'm really excited to see it because this armor regen rate at 12 points per second, that's way different than flash points. Mm-hmm. That's very fast. But the delay being 8 seconds or 16 if you get cracked, that to me means you're still going to be relying on bats mm-hmm. in fight. It's yeah. just not fast enough. But after a fight maybe or in transit, awesome. Like, really, really cool. I think this is going to be fun to try out. Definitely. We're going to talk about some leaks now. Uh, Obviously, if you are interested in leaks, stay listening. If not, check the description. We'll put a little tag down there so you can skip ahead to uh, when we come back from this little leak talk. Don't want to spoil anything that nobody wants to see. Uh, So, leaks are coming from the user at Bias12 on Twitter. There are currently three weapons in development. We have the EPG, Energy Propelled Grenade. It's in the early stages of being tested still. Titanfall fans will be familiar with this gun. Do we want to talk about each one, or do you want me to rattle them all off and then we go through them all? Let's go through all of them. Okay. We also have the Dragon, a light ammo LMG. Uh, Theoretically, faster fire rate than any other LMG as a light weapon. Could be very interesting. And last but not least, and most importantly, Compound Bow. In the test build, it is a part of the Marksman class with the G7 and 3030. Interesting guns. What were some of your first impressions off hearing this one, though? 
yeah, these are really interesting weapons. I really like the, the potential for all three of them. What I can say, which is a bit of a distraction from the topic, <laughs> but the hype for Season 9 is supposedly Earth. bigger than 7 mm-hmm. and 8. Yeah. It's massive. This is going to be epic. We are not on schedule to be receiving a weapon next season. Yeah. So these could be very far out, mm-hmm. or we could be getting something epic. I do think as much as the bow coming in as a marksman rifle and create a new class, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. I like it a lot. But we just got the 3030. Yeah. And so if we get a similar weapon, even though a bow and a rifle are quite different. If they're but, in the same they're class. they're in the same class, yeah. And they function about the same. I think it would be quite interesting to essentially bring in semi-automatic, medium to long range mm-hmm. rifles or bows back to back. And so as much as I want that to happen, mm-hmm. and it makes a lot of logical sense with the introduction of a new class, the pacing of those weapons right next to each other doesn't really line up for me. I'm not too worried about the pacing personally because we've seen them do snipers. Yeah. Like back to back in close, very close proximity of each other to boost it to a state where it could be its own class. So we've seen it happen in the past. If that's the goal and that's what they want to do, I don't think they'll shy away from it for that reason. Uh, But I do think there's a good argument that it's not as attractive as a gun. I do think if you were going to bring in a marksman rifle though, that has hype a bow and arrow is very different from getting another like semi-auto kind of gun like it will play the same and have similar feel like in game but the actual hype of the art and the graphic of it could be very different and cool so interesting Let let me get your thoughts on this um Compound bow we've spoken a lot about now that we mm-hmm. think that it's actually going to be a ground weapon do you think we're getting a new ammo type or what do you think of this theory that it could be some sort of energy bow. That would be crazy. If it was an energy bow, that'd be really cool. I'm so interested. If it comes in as part of a marksman class, I assume there's going to be marksman ammo. Could be. One of the ideas I told you before we started talking on the pod was, I wonder if this is an opportunity for them to quote unquote clean up the loot pool like they're talking about. And you introduce the marksman class as the first and only class where the guns are full stocked, preloaded, no attachments on the ground. You pick up a G7 3030 or a compound bow and it's got all of its attachments, which could be very little because you could just show it as like the old Havoc where you integrate everything into it or something. Uh, but maybe you have like a base level and then an upgraded level and that's it. And yeah. honestly, we use these guns right now. Like I don't like attachments aren't incredibly important on the G7 and 3030, honestly, like the mag is, but that's about it honestly like everything else you feel like very confident that you can use this gun off rip so i think this would be the class you can kind of do that with it'd be interesting way to strike the balance between some of the ideas we've uh, mentioned for how they would introduce this into the game it's a really bold theory but based off all the mentions about this whole loot pool change and having locked and loaded it it might just happen i don't know it's quite bold but i kind of like it heard it here first if it does True. Bias also posted a tweet just saying Valk. That's it. More info to come, hopefully. Uh, we'll probably do an episode maybe coming up here before the season ends. I think it'll be next week. Yeah, on Valk and stuff and just everything we know. Hopefully some more information comes to light so we can really dive into it. Uh, exciting legend from what we know. 
Do you want to share anything else? Or you want to save it for the next more in-depth conversation? I really think it's going to happen soon. So we'll see you next Wednesday. Okay. Next, we have some teasers coming from at Garrett Leaks. There's an arena teaser supposed to release on the date of 16th of April. It's going to be a four-step process. In the past, we've avoided spoiling these kinds of long-form teasers and such, so I think we're going to stay away from that as well here. But just know that something for arenas is coming, theoretically, and it's coming soon, which means we might be getting arenas next season, which would, you know, lend into this whole hype of Season 9 idea. Could be crazy. Yeah, it's it's very, very exciting. Uh, We have a lot to think about and get excited for and i'm just i'm really excited for arenas and just thinking about how they could cement apex as a major AAA title totally really really excites me um haven't seen anything yet for the new legend teaser date which is interesting because normally by now we have so mm-hmm. very very interesting to see where the priorities are and what they're teasing we know there's going to be a new legend jbeebs confirmed it for us on stream guarantee. Don't have to worry about it. We have his word. We have his word. Uh, But kind of wraps it up with just like things are coming to a head here. Season 9 is supposed to release on May 4th. Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Obviously crossover incoming maybe. Who knows? Okay. Don't get everybody too high. But yeah, I think we got fun stuff coming in these next couple of weeks. This is when Apex starts to kind of like pick up and the anticipation starts to rise. We're coming out of what a lot of people consider the mid-season lull area so be excited essentially anything else that's it i mean we're in the final countdown uh for season nine Mm and i'm curious like we don't have all the pieces yet Mm -hmm. but the internal hype from respawn is higher than it's ever been totally so I really don't have a clue what could happen. A weapon, a complete game-changing legend, mm-hmm. a revitalization of the quest system, um, like major turning points in the plot. Um, this arena's mode could be even bigger than we're speculating. So I don't really know what's going to put Nine over the edge, mm-hmm. but I think it's going there. It's going to be epic, hopefully. Let's wrap it up now with some five-star questions. If you leave a five-star view with your question on Apple Pods, it is guaranteed to be answered on the show. Start us off. First question coming from PJMJ. Hey, guys, I just want to say thank you for all the tips and tricks and the leaks. I have a question about the wall running theory and how the new map would need areas where you could wall run. When do you think you could just grapple instead? Thanks. I I think, yeah, intuitive, like there's going to be different abilities that can get you from point A to point B uh, in similar but different ways. I think the concept of wall running would be that you don't have a cooldown on it, and that would be the advantage over the grapple. But yes, no matter what you do from a movement perspective, a grapple will probably still move you in a similar, probably more effective way than a potential passive could. Yeah, I mean, all mobility, uh, you know, ways to go faster are going to have trade-offs. And mm-hmm. so I think the potential for wall running as a legend, legend ability um, is definitely interesting in, in map design, mm-hmm. as you're saying, PJMJ. Um, I'm curious. I don't have all the answers on that, but I'm really curious. Next one coming from data underscore bear. First of all, wanted to say as a day one player, I love the pod and the way Henry and Shay talk about this game and the experiences they bring to it. If you are a fan of Apex, then you should definitely listen to this podcast. Second, I have a question for you, Shay. I'm going to Hawaii in July. I wanted to ask if there was any place I should visit while I was there. 
I should have had myself read the first one that would have set us up better for the second one. It's all good. You can talk to yourself. Talk to myself a little bit. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, got back from a trip to Hawaii. Not from there or anything. Just in case people didn't know for some reason. Uh, data underscore bear. I went to Maui. If you go to Maui, uh, hanging out in Lahaina, McKenna Beach, one of my favorite spots there. Um, uh, outside of that, I played uh, the Royal Kai golf course i believe so if you're a golfer i would check it out it was really really fun yeah next question coming from fat dog i want loba's black market to be able to pick up banners maybe soon maybe soon i think maybe this is them testing it this war games event who knows i I, it's it's an interesting concept one that people have been begging for Mm -hmm. since her release and essentially the the defense as to why it's not a thing is the protection of crypto's uniqueness. Yeah. And the fact that crypto has a bottom three or a bottom four pick rate, uh, I think protects that. Yeah, totally. Last question coming from Inksabi23. Started listening back in season five and have been listening to the pod for even longer. As a rampart in Loba main, this pod helps me with all the tips I should know. What weapon class would you like to see in Apex? Thanks so much for the review. Um, you know, I don't really know. We have a lot of things on the horizon mm-hmm. and the idea of having some sort of launcher class in order to maybe get this new classification for the G7, which yeah. is a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure. You know, I, I very much have been trained for the last year <laughs> that we cannot flex the weapon pool much more yeah and that there's going to have to be major trade-offs if we continue to Mm -hmm. increase the weapons so i'm personally more on the you know less eager to add more weapons add more classes just because i feel like we could lose more than we gain even though it would be a a real freshen up yeah i think i i love a bow and arrow so whatever would introduce that would be the answer for me but henry gave a bunch better and detailed answer that i align with as well if i didn't have a passion for a random piece of wooden string so (laughs) we'll see i think weapon classes are just going to be such an interesting topic that i think we're going to get to dive into a lot more this next season based off of what some of the stuff is that we've heard that's going to wrap up the episode though thank you all for listening subscribe on apple pods give us a follow on spotify Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch. Links in the description. Check us out on Discord. Link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.